What is happening, everybody? Hey, welcome to another episode of Extra Point. Mm. This is the high school football recap show, and we do it every Monday. So, uh, again, we've got the guys here, Matt Mowry, John Kidd here on Extra Point, and Scott Bernstein, of course. So, again... Week three of the football season, always a big, we called it the show me week mm-hmm. as uh, as what was going to happen. We were going to learn some more about uh, who were maybe pretenders and who are contenders. Uh, I do want to mention the uh, podcast is sponsored by Lawrence Technological University. Possible is everything. A 30-22 to 22 win over Wisconsin Lutheran. 2-0. That's right. Exactly. It got they, better records than Michigan, Michigan and Michigan State. State. They're the the best team in the state of Michigan. There you go. (laughs) Record-wise. Yeah, the offense scored uh, 27 unanswered. And if you would like to hear more about that, uh, you can do two things. You can watch the LTU Sports Report, which will have highlights of the particular football game uh, for Lawrence Tech, as well as other stuff that airs on Fox Sports Detroit. 4.30 on Mondays is the premiere, but it also will air other times. But you can just go online like you are right now and watch it. Uh, Just go to uh, l2athletics.com. But there's also a YouTube channel that uh, is dedicated to L2 Athletics. You can watch the show there. Or you can show up at Shields if you want. Tuesday nights at 7. That's the LTU Football Podcast. Uh, We have Jeff Duvendeck in the house. And we're going to break down some film. And we talk everything LTU football. uh, Or you can just watch it online live. So it's the only live show we do. Uh, This is not live if you thought it was. Uh, So obviously because we need to get all that footage in. So. That's what's happening there. The MHSA also a sponsor of this podcast and Hungry Howie's. Okay, uh, first off, some of the games we had on State Champs TV, which if you did not catch it yesterday on Fox Sports Detroit, it will re-air several times throughout the week, but you can also check it out online right now. We have a YouTube playlist, State Champs TV. We also have it on Facebook and um, uh, individual games on Twitter and stuff like that. So we're going to begin with games that we have uh, that we showed on State Champs TV. Again, if you did not see State Champs, it airs every Sunday at 9 on Fox Sports Detroit. It airs a bunch of times throughout the week. You can also watch it online. We have a YouTube channel, State Champs TV. Also Facebook, individual games on Twitter. Uh, Mishawaka Penn and Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Orchard Lake uh, welcoming in Penn. Rice went to Penn, beat them. Penn is now 3-1. and one. Orchard Lake 0-3. Oh they play a week earlier in there. That's why they have four games. Uh, we all predicted Penn would win this game, but I thought it would be a lot higher scoring. Orchard Lake was in it till the end. Yeah, it's it's one of those where it, you you weren't real sure having not seen Penn play, knowing that they're a traditional powerhouse. You know how how good they are this year. How you know how to factor that? But I think that's a good sign for St. Mary's that they kept it close, even though they did fall to zero and three for the second straight year. It's it's at least a positive sign after two lopsided games really to start the season. Twenty it's, to seventeen. It's final. a real uphill battle now uh, going into the Catholic Central zero and three team that doesn't have a ton of playmakers. I really like, uh, I've been shouting him out, uh, Josh McCarty, uh, one of their uh, uh, weapons on offense. He can run the ball. He can catch it out of the backfield. Um, he's looked good in these three games, but they're going to have to go ton, five and one. Not a ton of bright spots. Uh, and, you know, it's 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 going to be difficult to uh, make the playoffs. And it, look, it looks like right now, a third through the season, that they're going to be on the outside looking in for the second year in a row. Climax Scott and Clarkston Everest got together. This was a barn burner. And I'm glad, you know, this is one of those games you'd be like, why are you guys covering that? Well, because we like to spread our coverage around and give coverage to smaller schools. Uh, we wanted to celebrate Clarkston Everest's good start. And it was an opportunity for us to see a team that we normally don't get a chance to see in Climax Scotts. They're what I like to call a microwave program. Right. It's, it's you know, yeah, it's instant heat. Right out of the gate, they've yeah. been a program for, I think, going on five, six years now, have made the playoffs every year. Yeah. Last year won a district. Um, yeah. You know, it's 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 upward and onward for, for that program. And they had to come from behind to win this one 44-38. Yeah. 
Well, and, and it was, speaking of microwave, it was kind of like that. It was 30-23 at the half, which is, you know, it's usually a, a final score. And then and then it kind of went dry for the second half, and I think it was right near the end when uh, Evers Collegiate tied it up on one of the Master Mateos, taking it in uh, for a touchdown, and then obviously went to overtime. So We talked about yeah. it on the forecast. Yeah. Yeah. Don't they still have, like, 15, 20 kids on that roster at Everest. Yeah, I mean, there's it's only like small. 15 or 20 yeah. kids in the whole school. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all of them play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so all of them play. Yeah. It's mandatory. If you, if you but enroll in school, you have to play football. I don't, I don't think you can overstate, though, how impressive it is for a program like that. Yes, they were attached to the Lakes program for a couple years, but to, to, yeah. to be a school of that size and literally nev- never missed the playoffs uh, since you started your, your, your team. Yeah, there haven't been baby steps. It's just yeah. been that one big leap, and yeah. you've been at that level since you started. That's that's hard to do. Number 24, Canton, goes to 2-1. and one. They beat Plymouth, uh, who now falls to 2-1. and 47-26 was the final. I shot that game, and I can tell you, we when we get to Thursday and we start having our conversation about Mr. Football. Uh, Stevie Wonderwalker, as I call yeah. him now, uh, is yeah, was insane. So we went. He, he ran for 299 yards and three scores against Northville in that blanking. He ran for 318 in this one and uh, had four, four scores. scores. Yeah. And um, and again, they still run yeah. that tight T offense. It's so hard to shoot. Yeah, you um, got faked a couple times. I, oh, I did. Uh, I, I, I get faked. Vic, Vic from Channel Four got faked more than I did. Yeah. You know, it's like because it, it's they run it well. Yeah. I mean, they do a really good job of, of hiding the, hiding the ball. Um, so that's why I went behind yeah. on that one because I knew he was going to break another one, and sure enough, he yeah. did. But uh, it worked out anyway. Uh, can't, go ahead. I was going to say, Steve Walker. What I love about his running style is it's just so rugged. Yeah, uh, a guy that's. Feet is all uh, his feet. His legs are always moving. A lot of yards after uh, initial contact, and uh, a guy that just it seems to have an endless motor. And, and I can, just keep keep on feeding yes. the ball. He's a workhorse. And, and the amazing thing is his first step, his explosion to the line is faster than anybody I've seen in the state at least right now. Uh, it is so quick. He is in. He's at the hole and he's gone. And it just doesn't give uh, you know linebackers an opportunity to react until he's going by you. Good win for Canton. Uh, moving forward, it was it was uh, it was a kind of a back and forth ball game, but then they they took control late and and won it. Our main event, number thirteen Farmington Hills, uh, falls to number seven Oak Park, twenty three to fifteen. Scott and John were at that game. Matt and Sean uh, were the correct predictors in that Oak Park. We took uh, Farmington Hills Harrison. Uh, obviously, it was it was a close game. Uh, what what were your thoughts, John, on that game? With Harrison, with its final year, they're going to go all out. <laughs> Roderick heard. I heard stories that he's been injured, but he didn't look injured on that 85-yard kickoff return for the touchdown. And and Oak Park, you know, they had the issue with the suspended player, but Dewan Mathis, you know, had a very good game. And Philip Stewart is really taking the hold of that running back job at Oak Park. Yeah, I don't think he's going to give it up either. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> he is another one of these surprises that you didn't see coming. Over 140 yards all three games, 175 in the Oprah, 100 and, I think 45 in week two, 152 uh, against Harrison, and a kid that's just the definition of slippery, shifty. Uh, uh, he, he's got some serious speed on him, mm. a guy that probably runs a, at least a 4.5, if not a 4.4, four, and uh, a, a, a kid that whose vision is improving, his field vision is improving. Duan Mathis still hasn't played that, 
you know Monster that game. great game yeah. yet, but he's playing good games and he's showing flashes of brilliance. Uh, you know, I saw, or Jonathan and I both saw, it was one of the best passes I've seen all year, if not in a, in a year or two. He threw a 50-yard touchdown bomb that was just a laser beam. Perfectly in stride. You know, perfect spiral. Caught his receiver, Mike Bowens, perfectly with the, with, the, with the basket catch over his shoulder. When you have an Ohio State-bound quarterback that has yet to play their best football, and your team is 3-0, and and you pretty much just, you know, sewed up the OA white because... They beat the the, the, the two de- yeah. defending co-champs with themselves. Uh, you know, it just it, it's all, it's only bright skies ahead for, for for Oak Park this year. Well, speaking of post-game interviews, John actually had a chance to catch up with the head coach Greg Carter. So let's check that out right now. You guys are still undefeated, so you know. Yeah. About, about you know the win tonight. Yeah, the win was uh, tremendous. You know, it was. Uh, you know, we broke our season down in the thirds, and our first three games were tremendous. You know, get some outstanding opponents. And for us to be three and zero is a tribute to the kids and the coaches. So we're extremely happy about you know being three and zero, uh, and you know looking forward to playing the next opponent and trying to keep getting better and better every week. And just tell me about Dewan's performance tonight. Uh, Dewan was great. You know we missed some passes. Um, he he made some checks at the line of scrimmage. They they provide a lot of uh, pressure and they put a lot of guys at the line of scrimmage. So he got us in a good place. And then in the end, you know, um, we decided to put him in at safety and he comes up with an interception. So, you know, that's the kind of player he is and that's what we expect out of him, big plays and big moments. And talk about uh, how this is the last time you guys are going to be playing Harrison. And, and what I really like about it is a clean, friendly rivalry. You know, both teams play hard uh, every time that we play one another and we know we've got to give our best effort in order to beat them, whether it's here or at their field. So it's a tremendous rivalry. We're going to definitely miss it. You know, um, you know, we, you know. We're happy to get the win, um, and we've played all kind of games: high-scoring games, low-scoring games, uh, dog fights, defensive struggles, whatever kind of game that you can imagine. You know, we we've had an opportunity to play against them. So um, just just playing against uh, Coach Harrington's team because they, as you saw tonight, they never gave up. When it looked bad for them. They ran a kickoff back, so you know. Then they stop us down on the goal line. So they do those kind of things because, you know, I honestly believe they're one of the few teams now where all of their kids play for the Hawks. They play for the name on the front and not necessarily the name on the back. They they got a tremendous program, and we try to model a lot of our stuff, you know, off of Coach Harrington's teams. What do you think the team needs to improve on to move forward now? Um, you know, just continue to improve in every phase is not one thing. You know. Um, we're trying to be a, a really good special teams uh, team, and um, you know, to give up a touchdown to a guy like that, you know, that's something that we don't want to do. So we have to improve in that area. I think we're getting better kicking. Um, you know, uh, our passing game skill can improve. We dropped a lot of balls tonight, uh, so there's a lot of things that we can improve on. So we're just looking forward to being able to do that and uh, going to the next week and try to get better. All right, so a class act uh, on all levels, mm-hmm. uh, Greg Carter. We talked a little bit about in previous shows, you know, he's been there a while now. I think this is uh, five years? Uh, it's, it's like six. Six? Yeah. Six or seven. Okay, you know, and um, he's had a history of winning state championships. He did it at DePores. He's got four. Yeah, yeah, did it at DePores, and uh, he took Inkster there a couple of times. They didn't win it, hmm. uh, but... Um, you know, we'll see if this team is uh, poised Anyone that has to make that move. Almost or more rings than they do fingers on their hands. I mean, yeah. he's got four. Yeah. Uh, so his next one would be like the one the for thumb. the phone. Yes. Uh, you know. And it's been a while. One thing Go more ahead. about Harrison. Okay. Um, They're all in. It looks. <laughs> it looks like 
you know, 95% certainty they're going to play in Division Three. They got a couple Hail Marys out there with the state that I hope have a chance to get answered because, you know, they're, the state's going based on enrollment from yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. You know, their enrollment this year sure should yeah. be in, they should be yeah. Division Four, Division Five. They were in Division Four, Division Five. They have a much better chance at making that run to Ford Field like they did last year in Division Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just they have playmakers. Um, they have a number of them, but they're just so thin uh, in terms of personnel. Everyone's playing both yeah. ways. You could tell at the end of that game that they were getting gassed. Let's <laughs> move on. Uh, we, that was good. It's good, good debate, and that's why we do these podcasts, so that we can give you you know, longer discussions. This was one of the criti- criticisms we have on the radio show is we only had a few minutes <laughs> to get to everything, and so this gives us a more free-form opportunity. But we are going to move on. Um, and uh, talk about ge- uh, the games of, of interest that we uh, kind of previewed on Thursday. One was Warren Mott and Gross Point South. Um, didn't give enough props to GPS. No. We sure didn't. Uh, and They housed Mott. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 38 yeah. nothing was that. We all took Mott, Warren right. Mott, to win that game. Uh, we really underestimated Gross Point South. When we talked about Show Me, and it was, it was an opportunity for Warren Mott to show, and it was also an opportunity for GPS to show, and they showed that that defense is for real. I mean, yeah. that's... They hadn't. They, I think they'd given up seven points coming in. Right. And yeah. Now still seven Smoldering points. effort on yeah. defense. Yeah. Haven't allowed a, a touchdown in ten quarters. I right. mean that's impressive. And and two early turnovers led to scores, and they they were up I think twenty one nothing like mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. that's mm-hmm. that's when a game like that can really turn on a dime when you get that early lead, and then it's incumbent on the the other team to you know kind of scramble to get back quickly. And obviously, well, and yeah, and nothing more deflating than turning the ball over and then giving up a touchdown as well. Result of yep. that. So, and and if you're uh, gross points out, that's exactly what you do. So, big statement win for them. Number two, Muskegon uh, took on East Grand Rapids. It was a game of interest because uh, again, you can't not think about East Grand Rapids in terms of being one of the better teams in the state. Uh, and they had not been on anybody's radar. I felt this would be a, a good matchup, a good battle. We all predicted Muskegon will win. They did, but no one predicted a twenty-one to seven. Lead for East Grand Rapids in the first half. We it took Twitter by yeah. storm. Yes, yeah. it did. We kind of talked about it being hard to get up for all of those consecutive games, and the you yeah. know the the divisional season doesn't start until next week. Mm-hmm. So this was almost kind of one of those lying in the weeds right. games. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's what it turned out to yeah. be with with you know, and then Muskegon kind of flipped a switch and scored mm-hmm. on uh, six of their next seven possessions, and that's all she wrote. But that's yeah. one of those where you know a team if they're not battle-tested and championship-worthy can kind of, you know, as we right. saw in the, in the previous game right. we just talked about, where you can crumble when you get behind 21-7 for the first time in two years. In that environment, Absolutely. which is hostile. Yeah. Yeah. And I know those Pioneer fans were going crazy and thinking that they were about to shock the world. So, credit Muskegon. Hmm. Uh, they dropped 49 in the game, almost yep. 50. Kept their poise. Yeah, yep. kept their poise. Did, did what they, what they did. We just yep. talked about Oak Park kind of doing a similar thing, uh, building this thing. And um, and how did Cameron Martinez do in that game? He was uh, two rush touchdowns, threw, threw a touchdown pass. So, oh, I mean, he did? Uh, there you go. Okay. Kind of, kind of another show me thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, it was big plays. It was four yeah. rush touchdowns of 35 plus, and one of them like 70 some yards. So, okay. you know, once they were starting to get those creases, that yeah. line. That, Got two guys yeah, on the offensive yeah, line that exactly. go three twenty plus, right? Yeah. Marquise, and athletic. Yeah. Marquise Cooper <laughs> and Anthony Bradford are both six six three twenty. And where yeah. are they going? Cooper's not committed anywhere. Okay. Bradford's, Bradford's going to LSU. LSU. Right. Yeah. 
after they're Cooper leaning will on you. Cooper will be going somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure. Right. He's probably got 40 offers now. Those guys leaning on you for about an oh, hour and a half. You oh, get a little gassed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't imagine. Uh, Chippewa Valley and Utica Eisenhower got together. Uh, we knew this would be a good game. Uh, and I figured Utica would probably, Eisenhower put up about 24 points. That's about what I figured their offense would do. I Chippewa Valley put up 45. Yeah. And uh, Scott, Matt, and myself all took this. Sean took uh, Utica Eisenhower. Um Good win for Chippewa Valley, another team who's just chipping away at getting the job done. That's the first time in forever they'd beaten them, and so that was yeah. nice. I mean, gave it, it out at th- their house. Yeah, it, like you it, said in your article, the monkey off the back. Yeah, yeah. Like, seriously, yeah. it's one of those where almost as much as valuable as the win and the leg up in the division and all of that kind of stuff is just psychologically knowing you can get past that one thing that's always the roadblock. And it, it was a close game. It was a one touchdown game with eight minutes left. Um, it, one of the key turning points was I marched down the field and got a field goal to bring it back to a touchdown again and it kept yo-yoing back and forth between you know two scores one score two scores and on the ensuing kickoff David Ellis just broke out to the left side and put a little twitch on the one defender and was gone and it was one of those deflating moments. Holland West Ottawa we have them ranked 17th in the state they went to Rockford Uh, Matt Mowry and Sean both picked uh Holland West Ottawa wouldn't win this one. They do fight at 45 to 40. Isaac we took Van Rockford. Dyke is Van Awesome. Been, okay. been Six you. touchdowns, three rushing, yeah. three passing. Yeah. He's the quarterback, the game winning score as well. Yeah. 20 uh, seconds left. Yeah. Just, I think we uh, got another watch lister. Shout out to uh, Mr. Van Awesome. Yeah. Well, he's awesome. so far this year passing 647 yards, That's six touchdowns, which is a lot. Yeah. 341 yards rushing and nine touchdowns. He's accounted for 15 touchdowns in three games. Now, they've been in some shootouts, too, which is part of it, so you got to kind of score. But from 1990, this is another one of those get-the-monkey-off-the-back games. From 1995 to 2016, in that Rockford-West Ottawa... Rivalry. West Ottawa won once. They faced in the playoffs twice. One in 22 in that segment of time. This was the first win at Rockford in nearly two decades. And that's one of those, again, where you believe, you believe, you believe until you do something like this. And that's where it really cements itself that, yes, we're a contender. Yes, we can do this. And and it's... it's, They're they're one of those teams that... What's going to be the next step? Yeah, last exactly. year, they made it to the regional finals. Yep. They lost to Clarkston. Yep. So now it's going to be, okay, we made it this far. What's next step? Is exactly. now making it to the semifinals and making it to Ford Field. Celine, number 19 in the state, at Ypsilanti Lincoln. Uh, it was the one The one outlier was you who said that uh, <laughs> Ypsilanti Lincoln was going to win that game. This is not right? the show me week for <laughs> Ypsilanti no, Lincoln. No, it was not. Uh, but I think it might be Ypsilanti time. Wins, let me just say Ypsilanti wins 38-7. to seven. I'm sorry, Celine wins 38-7. to seven. It might be time to when we're talking about Mr. Football again, yeah. might be time to start maybe trying to uh, pencil Griffin. in M.G. Griffin uh, for some consideration, yeah. a guy that is just doing everything. Uh, he, he reminds me of kind of what last year at Harrison with Ovia Gufu, who had, you know, you only knew him as a, a linebacker coming into last year, and then all of a sudden he's playing tight end. Yeah. He's playing Viper. Big he's playing place. running back. So, you know, M.J. Griffin going to Temple as a defensive back, but all of a sudden this year because of, uh, you know, personnel issues and graduation and injuries, 
He's playing quarterback out of the Wildcat. He's playing receiver. Yeah. He's rushing the ball. He's uh, uh, you know blitzing as a linebacker in addition to uh, playing on the defensive uh, side. Uh, oh, sorry, playing the back yeah, end. He's playing the Wildcat because of the quarterback that's injured. Yeah. Right. Yep. So he had a, he had a touchdown, a catch uh, on a fourth down. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was like a thirty yard touchdown catch. And then he had a, a a touchdown run out of the oh, Wildcat. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's one where it's not gaudy stats because they're still spotting him when they can to keep him fresh so he can play defense. But it, it is the, it's the big plays. It's the game changing plays because really. Then what they end up doing once he gives them a spark like they did, you know, the last couple of weeks is Brendan Monday is their their hammer. Yep. And, and he, and he was 192 oh, and two yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. And when you can still pound the ball like that, but then MJ can give you a couple big plays here and there. Yeah, that's a really good one-two punch between the two of them, you know, carrying the offense. Yeah, and Coach Palka recognizing that, mm-hmm. you know, hey, We've we've got playmakers. Yeah. Let's make sure it's make game plan to hands. make sure they're involved yeah. in all we facets. Stole him all from facets. the Buckeye State. Yeah. We're keeping them. We're not letting them go back. <laughs> That's there. right. Yes, exactly. Because it seems like everybody else, especially relocated at the basketball. Yeah, days, they're all going uh, to Ohio. Right. Going to Ohio. Well, Palka got over here what seven, six, seven years yeah. ago. Yeah, about seven years. Yeah. Ago. came yeah. over from Toledo. Had had Toledo Whitmer. Yep. Had uh, Josh Jackson there. You know, yep. with him for a while. Uh, all right, Granville uh, took on Grand Rapids Forest Hill Central. Uh, this was a real interesting game because two teams who had a lot to prove uh, and wanted to show that uh, uh, they uh, could find a way to win. And uh, this one about as close as it could get, 37-36 Granville. And Tate Halleck, uh, they went for two and yeah. they stuffed them. Again, <laughs> again, two weeks in a row they've been stuffed on a two-point play. And you got to give them props for let's try to win the game. Yeah. But when you get them stuffed, then yeah. it's then, – then, then, then you second guessing yourself as much as anything. Yeah, yeah. no one predicted this. Uh, we, we we did not predict these this outcome for no. some reason. We skipped it when we did it. So um, I I would have taken Forest Hill Central at home. Right. Um, but uh, give it to Granville. Yeah, first two weeks. Schedule's you know. paying off. Yeah. yeah. That's, yep. The final game we're going to talk about is uh, number 25, Davison and Flint Carmen Ainsworth. Uh, we had Davison into our top 25 for a reason, and that is because this is the team we need to talk about yep. uh, because not only did they have a big win in week one over Southfield A&T, they now have a big win on the road at Flint Carmen Ainsworth, a team coming in that uh, you two thought would win. Yep. Well, and if you want to talk about awesome quarterback names, we've said this before. Cannon Hall is about the best. 151 yards passing and a touchdown. 123 yards rushing. Three touchdowns, including the game-winning score. And it was. It was one of those just shootout games. Went back and forth. Carmen Ainsworth took a lead you know, midway through the fourth quarter. And then a blocked PAT on that that go-ahead score, and then a muffed punt is two special teams plays that really turned it for Davison in the end, and that's what set up the game-winning touchdown was that short field. So uh, Cannon Hall runs it in. Derek Fletcher, you know, as we talked about last week yeah. in the preview show. Dustin. Dustin, I'm sorry. Um, just superb field general, you know, had 272 yards and two touchdowns for, for Carmen Ainsworth, and they were right there the entire time. And they're, they're going to be there. I yeah. mean, that's, that South Division in the Saginaw Valley League is really stacked with Grand Blank, that's 3-0, and and Lapeer, that's 3-0, and and uh, Davison, that's 3-0, and and Carmen Ainsworth, that's now 2-1. Yeah. That, those are going to be some battles over the next couple of that's weeks. good stuff. Can- Cannon Hall is great rolling out of the pocket. Um, he-, he throws a great ball on the run, and he's someone that uh, I saw, you know, the couple times I've seen him play, you know, can, can get outside, uh, uh, avoiding the pass rush, and throw, uh, 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 what's the terminology when you're, you're going to the right but you're throwing to the left? 
across your body. Yeah, going yeah. Yeah. across your body. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it reminds me a little of uh, Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, with with Davidson, yeah. it's like what we've been talking earlier. What's going to be the next step for them? Yeah. It's always they get have a great season, yeah. and then they play Clarkston and yeah. the districts, and then they, they lose. I think they're going to be another one of those teams that okay, what's going to be the next step? Well, again, it, it, when you think about it, too, it, you, this is where you credit Clarkston because Clarkston ends up getting these playoff wins, and you know it's like they always surprise us, and it's like they and they play great, great teams. It's like, but Clarkston wins again. <laughs> uh, if you have to end up playing Clarkston. The playoffs yeah. you just hope you get them sooner or later and not sooner. let me also give a just a tip of a cap to jacob weingart's the new coach at davison first off you're you're, you're taking over for, for zim who was you know a beloved figure there had to step away for some personal reasons um you, you have those shoes to fill yeah second off you got a team that literally has two dozen players on it they are really hurting numbers wise and they lost everybody from last year you lost Tariq reed yep. the, the, the mr football finalist and he has his squad playing, you know, primed, mm-hmm. out of the gate, yeah. chomping at the bit, playing hungry, playing mad, playing efficient football, playing smart football, executing on offense and defense. One of the best coaching jobs I've seen this year. And playing good competition yeah. and getting it done on top of that. So that's where we're at. Okay, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to briefly talk a little bit about our Amble Award, which you can vote on right now at statechampsnetwork.com. And Scott is going to address the PSL. So that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. I want to be a dermatologist, and though a lot of universities tried to recruit me for basketball, Lawrence Tech had the science curriculum that I wanted. LTU Southfield Campus is a great place to learn, and the classes are small enough that I don't have to wait for office hours to talk to my professors. They're usually right by my side, challenging me and guiding me toward a successful future. Lawrence Tech. Possible is everything. You ready, Darius? Let's do it. Anybody want an autograph? Autograph? We're here for the stuffed crust pizza. Stuffed crust pizza? Hey, who do you think you are? End of the line, pal. Flavor fanatics love stuffing their faces with our stuffed flavored crust. Get one for only $2 more on any large original round pizza. Hungry? Howie's! All right, welcome back to Extra Point. Time now to uh, get into our second segment. This one will not be as long, I promise. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about our State Champs Animal Award. This is the award that we're going to uh, recognize what we feel is the top lineman. Uh, offensive, defensive, or linebacker in the state. We have a top 10 list there. We have a watch list. And if you're curious at finding the watch list, you just have to kind of look at the uh, kind of um, introduction that we give to the award. We have our criteria there. You'll see there's a watch list. If you put your mouse over that, you can click and see who that is. Um, I want to mention that uh, Darius Robinson is on our watch list. I had a chance to see him. It's funny, you know, when you see some of these guys who you know are going to play big-time college football, they're just giants. You know, they're just mammoth uh, as a pair. It's like you see him standing on the sideline and they're above everyone else. It's like a man, literally a man among boys. Uh, he had a fumble recovery and this one was very agile in that uh, and uh, you know was was stout in uh, in doing a good job of preventing uh, Plymouth from really doing anything uh, from a, a perspective of trying to bust through the line. He comes off uh, the edge. Yeah, comes off, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I was impressed uh, seeing him and um, and I know that uh, 
we've had an opportunity, you guys have had opportunities to see a lot of these guys uh, on the list so far. Uh, is there anyone that, that you want to, you saw Justin Rogers against seen, some good I've seen competition. Him twice, yeah. yeah. What do you think about the way he's playing? You know, Rogers is, you know, another one of these guys that's is, is doing on both sides of the ball. You didn't necessarily foresee that, you know, he had been an offensive lineman. He's a five-star prospect yeah. as an offensive lineman, but playing linebacker, uh, looked real good in week one. I saw him again uh, this week against. Oh, Harrison. we saw that hit. <laughs> that hit on yeah. Ristigi. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah, in week one he just lit up uh, <laughs> Justin Ristigi on yeah. a blitz. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, just very active, very aggressive. And you, you, you saw Marcel Lewis. I saw Marcel Lewis. Yeah, and, and one of the things we talked about with that Ike team coming in was you know ground based, and obviously they have Ristigi and can throw the ball. Yeah, but, but we, we could, thought Caleb Oyster was going to be a real factor, and he kind of wasn't okay. in that game. They, they, Marcel Lewis and the linebacking core from uh, Chippewa Valley managed to pretty much neutralize him for the majority of the game. He had a, he had a one big run, I think, uh, if memory serves, but for the most part, they kept him pretty well in check. And it, was, it, it wasn't any big plays, but it was just the solid plays of keeping those runs to three, four yards. You had an opportunity to see Devontae Dobbs last but week. He angers that, that offensive line. You know, they had their struggles early. Talking about line, Dobbs. Yeah, Dobbs. Yeah. Not him particularly, yeah. but the line, but they, once they got it going, it's like he anchors that line. And you saw in the second half against Livonia Churchill, like they were just running all over. Wearing him down. Yeah. He just warmed him. And then talking quick about Anthony Bradford, he's one of the main reasons why Cameron Martinez is on that Mr. Football list is yes. because that line. Yes. You can vote for our guys, our top 10 guys, if you go to our website, statechampsnetwork.com, uh, and just uh, click on the on the Anvil Award. Uh, I do want to mention our criteria is the same as Mr. Football. So uh, how we are going to choose who this is. Now, we have, we have enlisted coaches to help us kind of keep this list fresh and let us know of other players who are making impacts. It's been a little slow go early, so we're going to stay on them or find new ones uh, who will help us. We're not going to reveal who they are because uh, we want this uh, to be um, uh, kind of that they can do this without any prejudice or bias. They're not going to vote against somebody that yeah, they have sure. or whatever. So anyway, 30% performance throughout the season. Uh, that's being consistent. 20% is your level of competition. Obviously, that's important for alignment. 20% uh, will be the online vote. 15% big game performance. 10% team success. 5% highly recruited athlete. Lance Dixon, uh, credit U.S. Bloomfield fans. He's leading the vote. 4,319 votes lot. right now by yeah. a lot. Um, so here comes a rookie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Or Horro is uh, not far behind. Uh, well, he's about 13, 1400 behind right now. Um, but it looks, you know, everybody's getting some votes. So go there, do it, support your guy. The, the guy who is number one can never come off the list. And he also has an automatic uh, shot into the uh, final four. So and we'll see in a few weeks with River Rouge and Harper Woods. Yeah, if Rookie uh, <laughs> lives up to the hype on that game, too. All right. So before we go to break, uh, I mentioned, I teased it before we went, that um, we've got some continuing issues in the public school league. And, um, Scott, I'm going to let you take the floor here and first talk about the incident that happened that had all of us checking their phones and we're like, what? So on Friday, Detroit Pershing traveled to Detroit King. Um, they got down 27 nothing halfway through the first quarter and just decided to throw in the flag, throw, uh, sorry, throw in the towel, wave the white flag, and uh, head back to the bus, head back to Pershing. Um, they came under quite a bit of fire uh, from the social media world, um, you know, calling them quitters, uh, you know, questioning their, uh, their ability to compete, questioning their intestinal fortitude and whatnot. And I'm not going to excuse Pershing because they shouldn't have done that. But I... 
I understand the frustration. I understand that there's an issue that needs to be addressed from this. This kind of maybe brought it to a head. Um, and I wrote a I wrote a column for 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 the for the website this week. Yep. Statechampsnetwork.com. It's up right now. And you know, a bit of a hot take, but you know, I'll, I'll own it. I think I think it's a, that it's a time that we we go back to the drawing board and we we disband this current version of PSL football and uh, maybe have King and Cass go off and join other leagues and then maybe take all the rest of the teams and put them back together. Um, just because, you know, I don't think anyone's best interests are being served here. Uh, you know, I, I did some research. You know, you had three-week spans over the last two seasons. Um, one three-week span when Detroit King won their games by a total of uh, 150 to nothing. Another three-week span when Cass won their games 175 to nothing. Um, it, it just... You know who's that benefiting? Does right, it benefit right. the team that's winning sixty-five nothing? No. Other than padding stats, yeah. does it benefit the team that's losing sixty-five nothing? No. Mm. And you know it's just it, 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 it's sad to see this once proud, great, storied league that just has put out almost a countless number of NFL talent. Uh, you know, hordes of high-level Division One talent dating back 50, 60 years, and to have it to w w where it where it is now is just a shadow of its former self. And I, I kind of close the column by saying, you know, you're doing an injustice to the participants, the coaches, the players today in 2018, and and I think you're doing an, an injustice to to the, the the hallowed history of the league as well. I remember when we started the show in 2002. I remember there was teams like. Mackenzie, Finney, you know, Renaissance is still there. Crockett. Yeah, Crockett. The, 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 the last team anymore, that right. wasn't King or Cass to win the uh, PSL was in 2011. And it was I remember all, there was all these teams. There was all these good teams in the league. And like you said, now South it's just. Southeastern was yeah. a beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mumford. Yeah, Mumford. Yeah, Mumford. Yeah. Mumford. Yeah. Central popped their head up the last couple of years as a Division Five. Yeah. Denby and Mumford have kind of, you know, still had a commitment to football. They usually play in that Division II uh, championship. Uh, you know, there's, you know, Detroit Renaissance is the one program that I, I was always kind of befuddled that they just they can't, they can't get, do they anything football-wise. And it's still a viable, good yeah. school. Yeah. What we're seeing right now, too, is East English Village fall off right. the well, I, map. I, I, I pointed but this out might too. be an aberration yeah. considering they lost everybody in one year. Yeah. And trying to rebuild that thing because, again, what we're talking about are the schools that are, th are quote-unquote, thriving, that are doing well uh, in the city. There's not many. Obviously, Cass, King, and there's a Renaissance is, East English is, is a really good school. Cody. Cody's, yeah, Cody is still. Detroit Western. Uh, but, but, again, you know. And again, a number we, of factors we that can play get, into this. Yeah, we can get back to it. Um, but I, I think you might be right that you might have to almost remove uh, schools like Cass and King, because this is just—it's not going to change. But how great would it be if Cass and King either went independent and and you know scheduled their own like uh, like a country day scheduled you know made their own schedule, right. or if they joined the the Mac Red or the OA Red or the right. Catholic League Central? I mean, that would be that would be something that's great for all parties involved. Could you imagine that <laughs> in the Catholic Central? That would be fantastic. I mean, you'd be talking about now one of the best divisions in the country yeah. every year. Well, and realistically, when you talk about conference change and conference movement, it's almost always based on 
competitive balance. I mean, it's always the thing that, that gets people to move. And it, it would be a shame if these kids are held to, well, this is the PSL and this is the way it's always been because it's changed so much. And you got to kind of change with that. There have been a lot of times, I mean, we have new conferences popping up almost every year just based on people saying, hey, this isn't working for us where we are. And you, you, like Scott said, you almost got to let those those two big powerhouses go find their own thing that makes them better and let the rest of the teams kind of figure out what makes them better because as you said this isn't doing a good thing for anybody frankly if i'm the the uh athletic director right. or the head coach at Castor king this is something that i would embrace I, yeah. what, kind of like uh, making the analogy to basketball with Southfield Christian. They need to get out of the, the Mayak and make a move, whether it be to the OAA or, or the into Catholic. the Catholic League. I mean, it, don't you want to have uh, a level of competition yeah. during the regular season yeah. that gets you ready for the playoffs? Is it is it fun to go out and know you're going to win every game in right. basketball by 50 points or in football by 50 right, points. right. River Rouge now in the league they're in is going to completely dominate it and destroy. You know they had a great they first game Wood, against they got Harper Woods now. Yeah, that's it. That's right. They, so it'll be them and Harper Woods. Uh, the rest of the teams, you know. So yeah, maybe you can have a division of Harper Woods and River Rouge and Cast Tech yeah. and King and and create your own little uh, independent football conference. Um, I don't know, but uh, good conversation and uh, good article. It's a good read. Uh, and again, you know something should be done at least we should be talking about it so we're going to take another break when we come back matt mowry has revealed his new top 25 rankings which are on the website right now statechampsnetwork.com we'll talk a little bit about that and we'll wrap up extra point for week three so stay there today we'd like to talk about the mhsaa's new transfer regulation it's not unusual for a student athlete to play a fall sport at their neighborhood school, then hop in the car after the season is over, and without moving, switch to a new school and be eligible the next fall. Beginning in the fall of 2018, students transferring schools that way will be ineligible for that sport in the fall of 2019. In other words, the next season in that sport. However, the student will be eligible in any other sport at the new school. And if a student meets one of the 15 exceptions in the MHSAA handbook, they could be eligible without delay in that sport at the new school. The rule is designed to slow down the athletically motivated transfers of students and disrupt the pipelines of kids following coaches who change schools or following teammates from non-school sports teams to a single school. For more information on eligibility or the transfer regulation, visit our website, mhsaa.com. Okay, welcome back for the final segment of Extra Point for our Week 3 recap. And once again, Extra Point premieres every Monday at 5 o'clock on our social media platforms. And then you can also check them out uh, on your audio platform. So, um, again, we love doing this, and uh, thank you for sticking with us. Top 25 rankings are out. Mount Maori's rankings are out. He does a great job uh, 
replacing Tom, you know, which is, uh, you know, it's one of those things, replacing an icon, but uh, he puts a lot of time in on this, people. And uh, so the we like... Consummate professional. Yes, we always like to say, too, that our rankings are really fact-checked fact and thought out and not just kind of flip a coin like you right. see on, on some rankings. I will not name anyone. But... Uh, and this the Blue is, Bloods don't just automatically get ranked because that's of the right. Blue Bloods. That's right. So, uh, Grand Rapids Forest Hill Central is now dropped out. Dropped they out. are the one yep. team that's dropped out. Who is going in? Hudsonville entered, entered our rankings at the very bottom, kind of where Davison had popped in yeah. last week. Um, Hudsonville had been one of those teams that was right on the cusp, and everybody was kind of keeping an eye on them. And uh, they beat Grand Ledge, and they beat <clears throat> excuse me Holt in the first two weeks, and that that was okay. So we're keeping an eye on them. Yeah. And then they they dropped forty one nothing on uh, previously unbeaten Grand Haven squad on Friday, and that was kind of the okay. This is time to to put them in there. They really deserve it now yeah. that they're one and zero in the OK Red. And again, we were talking about this being kind of a show me week, and obviously they showed what they needed to show to to get into the rankings. Yeah, um, great ice cream too. Yeah, well that that, yeah. Too, that always helps. <laughs> In your your ten others to keep an eye on, you got a, a bunch of smaller divisions. You're giving them their love. Well, you yeah. got Jackson Lumen Christie, yeah. you got Paloma Westphalia, and you got Saginaw Swan Valley and New Lothrop too. Well, and these are the schools that have dominated in their divisions right. and have been very consistent winners and they're three and zero again and you got to give them love for yeah. kind of maintaining what it is that they do and all of those programs have had just storied yeah, histories. Coach Brogan over at Lumen Christie, I mean, yeah, it's you, in, incomparable history there. Yeah. I mean, it's when you when you stack those up and the only thing that's different between those and the bigger schools is just the size of the schools. Yeah, yeah, I think we're really gonna have to take and a look I, at and I see they and and, and I see that you got Fortson uh, closer. So you know, I, I did the get them in there. Yeah, they, they've been <laughs> in my nation. ear a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, I know, and uh, I'm sure they're loving being in the KLAA now. They're three and zero out of the gate, yeah. uh, but again, really playing. Again, I think as you're a Fortson fan, you want to play better teams because you want to make a run in the playoffs, and they have not done that in a while. So at the top. Um, did we have, you know, I don't have last week's in front of me. Did we have any change? We're There's not a lot through, of movement. Really, really the only movement up at the, the very top yeah. was uh, Catholic Central dropped down a couple notches because they really got kind of handled by uh, Toledo Central Catholic yeah. squad that it's obviously also a very strong program. Right. But it kind of opened up, you know, some of the issues that maybe hadn't popped their head up in the first two weeks for for the Shamrocks, and now they really have some stuff to to kind of iron out before hop right into Central yeah. Division play this yeah. week. Yeah, should be able to handle Jesuit. Yeah, um, but but again, this is a good bounce back week for them to kind of establish sure. some dominance as they get into the meet. You can read those rankings on our website, and uh, he has little capsules connected to all of it for some of the reasoning uh, as. Um, to where we are. I think we've got a pretty good uh, representation here uh, of the state uh, and, and where are we at. And again, you know, we get into week four, we start getting into rivalry week. Right. Uh, we're going to talk about that stuff in our football forecast. That's our Thursday show. Uh, we got some big games this week. Uh, we'll also talk about what we're going to be putting on TV as well as what we'll be covering uh, from a uh, article perspective, uh, journalist perspective. So uh, football forecast is, is a lot of fun. We can, you know, tell you now we'll definitely be talking about 
Brother Rice and Warren D. LaSalle, who are meeting at Wayne State. That's going to be a big one. Um, we'll see really where Rice is on the map this season uh, with that matchup and uh, a lot of other stuff. So make sure you check out the forecast. Uh, this has been another edition of Extra Point. Thank you to Lawrence Tech, the MHSAA, and Hungry Owies for sponsoring this particular podcast. For Matt, Scott, John, I'm Lauren. We'll see you next time. See you later this week. <laughs>